Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach Brendan Sir. And today, Fran Fischella, the longtime voice of ESPN, 19 years, starting his 19th year with the great uh, worldwide leader. And Fran, for those that don't know, was an incredible head coach at Manhattan College, St. John's, and University of New Mexico, as well as being a tremendous assistant coach to start his career, started as a college assistant coach at 22 years of age. He is the really the the person, the expert right now uh, on draft night. There's two people uh, regarding the draft, the great Mike Schmitz, who's like just maybe the best scout I've ever seen working for ESPN. Uh, but Fran does on draft night, he's the one that knows every player, along with Mike Schmitz, in the world and really has developed a niche you know, starting 20 years ago at ESPN of knowing those players. Um, the thing I love about Fran, you know, there, you know, there's analysts that are entertainers, my dear friend Dick Vitale, you know, and my other friend Hubie Brown is an incredible analyst, teacher, coach. But Fran is a, a person that is an incredible coach. He's one of the most sought-after clinicians in the game. He's one of the best teachers I've been around. Uh, and the thing I love about him and he's going to talk about, he's going to talk to you about how to learn, how to grow as a coach, and where do I learn to develop as a coach? I think it's really going to be something that you're really going to really pick up, whether you're an assistant coach, a head coach at high school, college, or in the pros. I think you'll learn from Fran Fischella. We'll be right back after this timeout. I'm so excited to announce our new partner, Instat. Instat is a powerful web-based platform which enables you to store, edit, and share video linked to statistics. Their video database contains over 30,000 player profiles and nearly 7,000 team profiles. Thousands of basketball games from all over the world are uploaded daily, with many of them filmed exclusively by Instat. Instat's user-friendly interface is very intuitive. The flexible filtering system will fit the needs of coaches at all levels. You can sort through specific play types, locations on the court, lineups, and various other parameters. The Instat system contains multiple tools that clients from all over the world utilize for scouting, recruiting, coaching and player development, video editing, and tagging. They also take an individual approach to each client. The wide network of Instat account representatives allow Instat to best serve their clients 24-7. Also, Instat production specialists will provide you with a quick and precise breakdowns of your team and opponents in less than 10 hours. Need a certain game ready sooner? Instat gives you the ability to prioritize the specific games you want the data for first. Instat also provides free individual player access. So feel free to invite your players to the Instat platform so they can access their page, follow their performance, scout opponents, and share clips with other players and coaches. After each game, they can receive an individual one-page PDF report and video clips with all box score statistics. For more details, please visit instatsport.com forward slash basketball. Again, that is instatsport.com dot com forward slash basketball. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach Brendan Sir. And today I have a coach extraordinaire, Fran Frisella, our dear friend. 
Usually we talk to a lot around NBA draft time because he is a guru of the NBA draft. But as the 19-year ESPN analyst, you are all things basketball, my friend. Welcome. Well, I'm undefeated. That, that's always a good thing. I know. You so, haven't lost a game uh, I, have, I have a good years. job sitting there at courtside. And, uh, but you and I, have we share the same passion for basketball. So let's get at it. Well, you know, one of the things uh, we spoke about the other day when we had a little convo was uh, – how we both are, you know, never really feel like we've learned more basketball than we have the last 10, 12 years, you know, just always yeah. trying to search and get better. Why does that happen to you? Uh, I, You know, I, Brendan, I'm a lifelong learner, man, from the parks of Brooklyn, you know, growing up on the playgrounds, loving basketball at an early age. And then I think that self-awareness is important. Um, unfortunately, not a lot of my friends, but there are some of my friends that I watch. They coach their teams, and I, I say like they're running the same stuff, mm -hmm. you know, that they did ten years ago. And you know, I want to jump around and scream. Now, by the way, some of those guys win a lot of games. Yes, they you do. Know, so it's hard to say much about them. But uh, at the same time, I've always had a thirst for getting better, for learning, and. Like you, I think, where what you've done an amazing job of is something I've tried to emulate, uh, not by design, but when I learn something new, I'm trying to figure out, since I'm not coaching right now, who can I pass this on to? Mm -hmm. You know, a Zoom call, a clinic, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, a young coach calls me and says, hey, you know, what would you do with this situation? Or I need a few late game plays. Uh, you know, I, I kind of feel now my role, especially because I see so much basketball as a commentator at ESPN and I study the game 365, I just like sharing it. And I think it's uh, – I, I put myself in a, a role like you. Again, I'm, I'm using you as a great example of a mentor. I had literally had two young coaches call me yesterday and just say, hey, we just had a big win. How do you handle that? We're going here on Saturday. Uh, and so, you know, I, I say, here's what I say about wisdom. Wisdom is an accumulation of a lot of failures and some successes. Oh. And so I try to pass that wisdom on to young coaches so they don't make the same mistakes. That's a nugget, man. I'll tell you, that's big time. Uh, nuggets of wisdom now. <laughs> I love that. Uh, on occasion. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, you know, you and I, uh, I, you know, I, I'm going to call it American coaching elitism from yeah. uh, from a mentality. Yeah. We, th you know, we think that we, since we invented the game of, of ball, yeah. that we know everything about it. Yeah. When Chuck and I went over to Spain the year prior to the Olympics, he had to do a clinic for FIBA to promote yes. the Olympics. And, uh, you know, Chuck... At that stage of his career, and his, uh, you know, you know, about sixty-ish, uh, yeah, really wasn't doing any clinics. To be honest with you, you know, he was not. He yeah. was just coaching an NBA team, and so literally, we go to do this clinic in a remote part of Spain, and there, there comes fourteen hundred coaches from throughout Europe. You know, yeah. he is, he can't believe it. Now here's a guy's coaching in the NBA finals every year. And now he's co going to coach the dream team, and he, he can't believe. And he says, literally, what the hell should I sh show or teach him, you know? Yeah, yeah. I said, just you know, do what you feel that you're comfortable. And he taught I, them the V offense, which was, our, oh, yeah. which was uh, frankly, you know, and you know the background of this, you know, it's now the horns, people calling it the horns. But what he it was his favorite three-on-three -three pick-and-roll drill 
two high post guys, and that's how he yeah. taught players to hedge. He was a defensive drill. It wasn't an offense. And I Vin, love it. Yeah, and yeah. Vinnie Johnson told him, I, I he killed Isaiah and Dumars every day and said, I want to coach, just put two shooters in the corner. Give me the ball out front. I'll kill everyone. And that's how the damn offense was put in. You know, you, you've told me that story. Yeah. But as you're talking about Chuck Daly, you – uh, I can't believe you mentioned going to Spain because I have this theory that I know I'd love to share with you. Sure. And this is, and, and it kind of comes full circle. 30, no, maybe longer now, 40 and 50 years ago, guys like Chuck, Dr. Jack, Yubi, Lou Conaseca, Dean Smith, they went, they went around the world. And I'm sure they had great trips. I'm sure you had a great time in Spain because these are some amazing countries. Yes. But, but they taught the game to my, and, and our European friends and our international coaching friends, I concur. I say that they're now teaching the game back to us. Um, when you watch the NBA and now college, because it all trickles down, you know, we've seen spread, pick and roll. We've seen stretch big guys. You know, by the way, Bob McAdoo was the first stretch big, wasn't he? Yes. Think about it. Buffalo Braves. He, he, you know, 50 years ago, he would have been, uh, I mean, he's already a Hall of Famer. But so I, here's my analogy. We all go to the Louvre in Paris, and we got the American coaches and the Euro European coaches. The, 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 the uh, Mona Lisa is a masterpiece. We know that. All the American coaches are in the front. right? They're staring right at it from in front of the, of the Mona Lisa, and we see a masterpiece. Our European friends are off to the side. They have a different perspective of the Mona Lisa, but they're still looking at a masterpiece. And to me, that the masterpiece is basketball. They have a different perspective on the game that they have kind of given back to us. And so because of Chuck and Dr. Jack and UB and the others, they taught the game so well to our friends across the water. They're now teaching it back to us. And when you look at the international guys in the NBA and college, the fact that they're all great teammates, they move the ball. Um, they, they, you know, they, I think, I think that, you know, Chuck and UB started the, uh, they started this, uh, and I think that should end American basketball elitism because we have learned from our European friends that we don't know it all. Amen. Uh, now I look at, you know, you know, now it's 20, 25 years later, I now look and see what those fellas have, and gals have done with mm -hmm. the Horns offense. Yes. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Oh. We showed them one damn little play. <laughs> Okay, and they've turned it yeah. into 34, 35 different plays of all kinds. And our coaches are so far behind in the U.S. Yeah. Because yeah, we don't know, have that learning yeah. mentality. You, you know what's funny about that? Uh, when you were describing the, the, you know, the drill, yeah. um, what I love about Chuck, Larry Brown, and, and other great teachers is, and I try to tell this to young guys, Brendan, uh, I don't want to hear that you're an offensive coach or a defensive coach. Like, to me, basketball – is so interwoven on both ends that like, I, I remember watching Larry's teams at SMU the last few years before he retired. And like even a simple shell drill, like your V drill, it was both an offense and defensive drill. He would coach the defense first on, on hedging the screen and roll. Then he would coach the roller in a short roll. Then he would coach the rotation over. Then he would coach the big to big pass. And then he would coach the skip to the other side. And now you had to guard a closeout. And, and so I try to tell my, my young coaching friends, it's not one side of the ball. Like you have to, and by the, here's the other thing that too drives me crazy. 
well, this guy's a genius because he can see all 10 guys and know who made a mistake. And I go, no, we call that coaching. We call that coaching. You're supposed to train your eyes to see all 10 and figure out, hey, now you got to set that screen a little bit closer to the lane. So, you know, getting back to what we started with, I am always, always learning something new about the game. Fran, as we're prepare, as we're doing recording this podcast, you're preparing for the Texas at Gonzaga game on ESPN. Yeah. Now, as you're preparing for, you're watching both teams play. Yeah. All right. There's part of you that just wants to know about the individuals, what they do, what the coaches' ideas are. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, you're looking at it and saying, "What plays do I like? What can I teach to my yeah. coaching friends?" share that how you do that yeah yeah well you know to me like someone says how do you prepare for a game and i tell them um it's 365 days a year you know i'm reading everything i'm watching chet holmgren at the under 19 world championships where usa won a gold medal this year i'm keeping an eye on him not knowing i may have a Gonzaga game early in the year right so i'm constantly watching the players part of it for maybe down the line nba draft part of it to get ready for the season Part of it is I love basketball. I love watching kids play and love watching the USA team. So in the case of Texas, I know Chris Beard really well, as you do. And I cover those guys when uh, either at Tech or at Texas all, all year during the season. I know Coach Few very well. He's a dear friend. We've known each other before he was famous. And, uh, you know, like many of those guys that you and I know. And so my got my job. Now, here's my job Saturday night. I. I have to tell, I have to, I call it access and discovery. I want you as someone who loves the game to, to learn something new about a player coach or one of the teams that you didn't know before. I want to tell you something about Chris Beard or Drew Timmy or Mark Few that even though you know a lot about the game, you didn't know that. You, I want you to say, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I also want to explain the game in a way that the, even an average casual fan will say, I like the way he's telling me what's going to happen. And so that part part of it, Brendan, is I've always had a gift of gab growing up on a street corner in Brooklyn, as you are well aware, you know, the New York Jersey scene. Um, the second thing is um, I love the game. I love sharing the game. And I also realize that we're entertaining out there, that we have to make sure people continue to watch. And so when I get ready for Texas and at Gonzaga, yes, I'll talk to coaches. Yes, I'll watch film. Yes, I'll read articles just trying to formulate with my buddy, John Shambi for Saturday night. How do we make this entertaining enough that I'm teaching, but I'm also entertaining and making sure people stay with the game. I, you have to lift Shambi up though. You know, the poor guy, I mean, he's had that <laughs> rough year with the Cubs, you know, I know. 140 I know. Cubby games for a kid from New York city. It's tough, but what a great guy he is. What a, yes. I mean, two, you, the two of you together, you, you can't get better travel partner than that guy. You know, that's okay. awesome. Iron, ironically, ironically, about 15 years ago to start the season, we did 18 straight games together. Oh my gosh. Yes. We went from Puerto Rico to Orlando to big 12 ACC to, uh, I, I can remember, uh, going out to K state with him and we counted it up. And by the time we got done in like, late December with non-conference games. We, we were together for 18 games. He's a dear friend, uh, thrill for him that he's got one of the great jobs in sports mm-hmm. as the Cubs broadcaster, despite the season. And, uh, he's just, a, uh, you know, you and I, we talked about this yesterday. You and I could have never gotten into Regis high school, uh, in Manhattan 
and John is a product of both. Uh, now, we do have something in common. We both went to BC, but I went to Brooklyn College. He went to Boston College. <laughs> Hey, hey, on that one, I have to recover. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll be back with a great fair and Priscilla. (laughs) Coaches, are you looking to take your game preparation to the next level? Then Fast Model Sports is the perfect coaching software for you. With FastDraw, build an organized library of plays and drills and create professional playbooks to share with your players and staff. You can also download over 9,500 free plays and drills from our play bank directly to your FastDraw account. Looking for a better way to build your scouting reports and want to include video? With FastScout, build custom scouting report templates to prepare your team best for each individual opponent. Plus, did you know with the latest updates from FastModel Sports, you can now include video with your FastScout reports and share with your coaches and staff all within the FastScout mobile app. The combination of Fast Draw and Fast Scout is by far the best way for you and your coaches to create winning game strategies and effectively communicate them to your team. Over 10,000 high school and youth coaches trust Fast Model Sports products to help their teams reach their goals. To order, go to FastModelSports.com. Use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any Fast Draw or Fast Scout products. Remember, Go to FastModelSports.com, use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any Fast Draw and Fast Scout products. Welcome back after that quick timeout, Wood Fran. And let me tell you, the coaches that you were an assistant to, people don't even (laughs) know about them. But I know about Jack Kraft when you were at URI with him, the great Villanova ball defense guy. What a thrill for you to work with him, huh? Yeah, it was a brief period of time. It was his final year, Brendan, and I, okay. I replaced. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting story. I, I was full time at 22, and I really didn't deserve the job, but I had worked their camp every summer in college. Billy Hahn became a really good friend. I know that's a name that'll bring a smile to your face. Uh, longtime assistant head coach at LaSalle, Ohio U. Billy became my big brother, and when Billy went out to Ohio U, he got Rhode Island to have me replace him. And I work with Jack and uh, Claude English. Oh, I know Claude, uh, left-hander, the great left-hander. Great, yeah, well, great player, man. One of the greatest yep. jumping guys I've ever seen. And it's really funny. You'll love this. I was only there a year, and Coach retired. He got sick, and he moved out back to the Jersey Shore and had a long life and you know, still revered at Villanova. But we had an opening when Coach, when coach sat down at the middle of the season. Claude English uh, was going to hire at the end of that season, he was going to become the head coach full time and we were going to hire another assistant coach. We brought a guy up from Westchester County, New York, who had played there. Don't say the name on the podcast. He, he had been at East Chester high school and the guy had like a 50 game losing streak, (laughs) but he, he had been a really good player and obviously he's a terrific coach. He just didn't have a lot of talent at East Chester. I know that I lived in Westchester, but we didn't give him the job. He didn't uh, quite didn't hire him. And then his name is Rothstein. Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know Ronnie Ron Rothstein, uh, who's a great great coach. He 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 worked at Five Star, and so mm-hmm. uh, Fratello and I had an assistant coaching opening. 
We yeah. hired this guy with a 50-game <laughs> losing streak in high school to be an assistant with the Atlanta Hawks, and I'm all of our friends in New York are going, what the hell did he get to the NBA with? But oh, Ron, Ron's a great coach, yeah. So, oh, hey, you, best thing, I tell him it's the best thing that ever happened to him, that Claude English didn't hire him. Exactly, exactly. So, and, and, and by the way, I always tell coaches this. It's something, you know um, – you know, being being good at what you do is is important, but sometimes you just happen to, you know, thank the basketball gods that you're in the right place at the right time. Don't think it's all you. Good call. You know, it's not all your genius. Sometimes you just happen to do what I did in 1992, where I replaced Steve Lapis, who left me essentially a team that was ready to win the MAC title the next year. And during the season, people would say, "Boy, you've done a great job." And I say, "Yeah, but Steve Lapis, coach. By the way, coaching etiquette 101. I." Oh, if the, if you replace a guy who did a lousy job, say nothing. If you re- replace a guy who left you good talent, praise the previous guy. It costs you zero. Great call. Yeah. Great, great call. You know, you mentioned Danny Knee, Billy Hahn, great, great guys, great coaches. Mm-hmm. But you also worked for Gary Williams when he was yeah. at Ohio State, I believe, right? Yes, I did two years. What yeah. a coach he was. Yeah, I'll tell you a couple things I learned from Gary. And I learned this from Danny and and Rick Barnes, too. They were all three high-intensity guys. And uh, what I learned from all three was um, never lower your standard when it came to intensity and, and, and execution. And, and you know, you and I remember that Gary was known for the 55 press, the one two one one press, yep. right? Boston College, Dr. Tom Davis. Dr. Tom, yeah. And what I found interesting, and again, a coaching lesson here, What's important to you? You know, that's the question I always ask to a coach. What's the most important thing to you as a coach? And if that's if it's something that's important to you, do you emphasize it? And do you or you just talk about it? The very first practice of the two years I was with Gary, the very first thing we put in was the 55 press. You know, it wasn't half court offense, it wasn't shell drill. Gary put the one two one one diamond press in, and it and it struck me as he believes in this so much that he's going to teach it the very first minute of the very first practice of the season to make sure everybody in the gym knows this press is important to us. And I thought that was a really good lesson That's for a young great coach. One. I love that. What's most important to you yeah. as a coach? That's yeah. fabulous. Rick Barnes, you worked with at Providence. A lot of people don't realize that Rick even yeah. was at Providence before Clemson oh. uh, and Texas. And now of course, Tennessee, uh, and I love Rick Barnes. Tell me yeah. a couple of things about what makes him so good. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I, I, as a kid from Brooklyn who had no contacts, I, I got into this little Maryland mafia. I met Billy. Billy played for Lefty, recruited by George Raveling. Uh, Billy says that was one of George's big recruiting mistakes. <laughs> Billy was at Maryland. Remember, remember, remember this team? John Lucas, Mo Howard, Brad Davis. Lenny Elmore, Chap Trimble, Tom McMillan. I think we can go on and on. Yep. But Bill, Billy didn't play much. So I got to know Billy. And through Billy, I got to know uh, Joe Harrington. Great Joe. And through, Joe was yes, great. Yeah, Joe was on that staff, you know, former Maryland player. Joe happened to be the roommate at Maryland in his playing days to Gary Williams. Uh, and by the way, Joe Harrington hired Rick Barnes at George Mason. The year that I went to Rhode Island, I was offered the George Mason job as an assistant, second assistant, but only part-time salary. So when I was at Ohio State and Gary went to Maryland, I basically had two choices. Go to Gary, go with Gary, or Herb Sendek, you you see where this is all going, was leaving Providence to go to 
uh, Kentucky with Rick Pitino. I grew up an Ernie D. Gregorio fan. I grew up a, I grew up a Dave Gavitt, Marvin Barnes, Kevin Stakem, Ernie D. fan. So I knew Rick was like a big brother to me, like Billy was. So I went to Providence, and I have to tell you, Brendan, um, the amazing thing about what Rick Barnes did at Providence is, is that. Um, that, and, and Rick Pitino did this too. John Thompson, Roy Massimino, Jim Beheim, Jim Calhoun. I mean, you're talking about the giants of the coaching business. And little old Providence College, as you know well, you spent so much time at Fairfield. Mom and pop operation. And uh, we went to battle with those giants, you know, Alonzo Mourning, Billy Owens, Derek Coleman every night. And I was help, I was lucky that in the team that I helped Rick rebuild at Providence – when I went to Manhattan in 1994, they won the Big East title. And Rick was a relentless, he's relentless, especially defensively. And the guy's heading towards 70. I think Rick's 67 now. Mm-hmm. He's got 700 wins. And he, his energy level is the same as it was 35 years ago. And I think that's his greatest strength. He loves being in the gym with the kids. That's fabulous. What a coach. What a coach and a hell of a guy. Great yeah. learner's mentality also really wants to keep getting better, and that's yes. that's the only reason yes. to keep existing. When you became a head coach, and this is for our young coaches that you yes. mentor so much, when you went to Manhattan, yeah, you did you think you were ready? Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I did. I did because um, I, I had I had studied under three great coaches. Mm-hmm. I saw things I really liked. And by the way, I'd been thinking about coaching since I was 14. So <laughs> I had this idea in my head of what the end result would look like. Wow. You know, the great Stephen Covey uh, yes. once said, begin with the end in mind. And I always tried to study what I wanted a good team to look like in my head. At practice, during games, you know, I had that vision, you know. Wow. Uh, I think in the Bible, the Old Testament, without vision, the people perish. You know, I think Noah said that or somebody like that. But so I always had this vision in my head of what a good team would look like. And so I was ready uh, in many ways, but I'll tell you two quick stories. My very first game at Manhattan, I inherited this good team. They'd won 23 the year before. One of the things I'll tell young coaches is if it's not bro, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. A lot of things Steve Lapis did with his team before I took over were things I, I believed in. And believe it or not, Early on, I kept as many of the things the same as possible. They ran Kansas break. Well, I love Kansas break. We ran it. The kids knew it. I probably got to where I taught it a little bit more than Steve did because uh-huh. he, he wasn't totally in tune with selling it to the team, but I was a fanatic about it. So it really helped that I didn't come in and try to reinvent the wheel to a team that won 23 games. And I tried to be Steve Lapis, but in my own way. And it, gradually, it became Fran Frischella's team. But initially, I wanted the kids to feel so comfortable that, hey, I wasn't coming in here and changing everything that really wasn't broken. So I, I think that's a good example of self-awareness, of not feeling like you have all the answers. And the other thing that I'll tell you that's a funny story, my very first game at Manhattan College, we're playing Hofstra at home in Dratty Gym. And the coach at Hofstra, you ready? Butch Van Bredikoff. Oh, my gosh. 1,500 wins, L.A. Lakers, Bill Bradley in Princeton, you know, you name it. Coaching Wilt, coaching, you know, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor. And so all these years I prepare to be a head coach, and my team's out there warming up 45 minutes before the game. I'm in the locker room by myself, 
And I thought to myself, if coaching has anything to do with this game tonight, I'm screwed. <laughs> and we went out and uh, we won by 23. <laughs> I just had better players. We were prepared. But as good a coach as Butch was that night, I just had better players. So it took me four or five games. I tell all these young coaches, it'll take you about, take you about three, four or five games to feel comfortable. And then you'll feel like you're coaching in a camp game at five star. You know what I mean? It's you'll feel like you were coaching uh, intramurals or when you had that CYO team when you were 20 years old. It really becomes second nature, in my opinion. That's fabulous. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, you made an unusual move when you went after Manhattan a couple of years, three years and, and, and went to St. John's, which was an, an incredible move. I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, to make and, and a hell of a leap of faith for St. John's because to take yeah. some, you know, even though they had done stuff like that before, but yeah. that that's that was uh, going up there. That that was a fabulous job, right? Well, here, well, here's the here's the truth. The truth is, I never grew up wanting to coach there. And uh, uh-huh. honestly, as a kid from Brooklyn, I I thought of myself as someday coach. And even as a kid, when I was like in, in Brooklyn, I'd go to the library at St. Edmunds Elementary School and you know pull out the little book, you know, uh, fiction books. And there was always these books about state you, you know, and, and it really caught my fancy that I wanted to coach out in the Midwest. Well, in 1996, <clears throat> St. John's needed a coach and they tried to get Jarris, They tried to get Calipari and, you know, the clamor in New York was just give it to the young guy in Manhattan. And I got it and we did turn it around. And, uh, I gotta say this carefully, George Blaney once told me the longer you work at a Catholic school, you you're the less likely you are to believe in God. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that, uh, but you know what I'm talking about. I work uh, I worked for Jesuits yeah. for six years. Yes, I, I know. I know. So you know, unfortunately for me, as you, you may remember or not remember, I interviewed at Arizona State with a guy named Kevin White, and I'm, I'm going to take you back a while. Sonny Vaccaro is telling me take the job. They're going to triple your salary. Dickie V's calling me. You're going to love Kevin White. It's how you take your family out to the desert, get out of Queens. Calipari's calling me. Well, I had just had two back-to-back top five recruiting classes at St. John's. We we managed to keep the kids home. Uh, and they were going away, but they were, they, you know. They used to come test. back on transfers, yeah. Yeah, that too. You know, we got, and so I interviewed, unfortunately, uh, the priest uh, at the time, the president, was not happy with me. And uh, five weeks later, I was uh, in the TV business for a year. And uh, and that's how it all happened. I go back there. I watched practice a couple weeks ago. Um, I think a lot of people there kind of still respect what I did. And I think I, I honestly I say this humbly, Brendan, they've never been the same. Honestly, uh, we we had a. I really think we could have gone to a final four and maybe even won a national title, but um, it, things work out the way they do. I talked about fate before in coaching and. My buddies, you know, Mark Few, Tom Izzo, Bill Self, they were all in my wheelhouse age-wise. Mm-hmm. And they were all Hall of Fame coaches. And I became a Hall of Fame dad and hopefully someday maybe a Hall of Fame broadcaster. And yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't change a thing. Would not change a thing because, uh, as you know, I got two sons that are, you yeah. know, moving up to coaching ranks. And uh, I had all that time with them because I was a, a broadcaster when I, when I had the summers off. God has a plan for all of us, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. 
Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Hi, this is Brendan Sir. I'm talking to coaches, PE teachers, ADs, and camp directors because I'm so excited to announce our newest Coaching You podcast partnership with my friends from 360 Hoops. What if I told you that I've witnessed the most innovative game, training, and exercise for kids that I've seen in decades? 360 Hoops takes up less space than traditional basketball and allows for more players to get involved in developing their basketball fundamentals. The three-sided basket is attached to wheels for easy transportation and can adjust from 7 to 10 feet. The uses are endless, from elementary and middle school recess to physical education class that can also be used for team practice and skill development training for teams with players of all ages. For more information, visit www.play360hoops.com. To learn more about this new innovative product, make sure you mention Coaching You for a 10% discount. Hey, uh, now... In your 19 years of this, and and, and you know, and I, I can tell, even though you're just starting this season, yeah, you're as excited as you ever have. And you know, <laughs> in in the off season, you know, you're doing the international yeah. stuff. I yeah. wanted to ask you before I got to this uh, next question: your love for European and international ball, FIBA ball in general, not yeah. just European, but everywhere in the world. Uh, how did that come about and grow? It, well, it, it happened, first of all, because anything that bounces in or- and is orange, I love. Okay. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if it's, the, like I said, the playground of New York. Uh, I walk past West 4th Street Park, the cage, in the summer. Yeah. And if they're playing, I'm going to stop and watch for 10 minutes. Uh, but, you know, I think a couple things. Uh, I, I went over recruiting uh, when I was at Providence to Mannheim, Germany, to the Albert Schweitzer games. Yep. Uh, then later on, and a kid I saw at that tournament, by the way, from Spain, I wound up getting him to come to Manhattan a couple of years later. And he was a great player, uh, great mid-major player from Madrid, played in the ACB later. 3.97 in international finance, one of those kind of kids. And uh, his senior year, before his senior year, we took the team on a tour of Spain, uh, you know, our foreign tour of Manhattan. And uh, I got captivated by European basketball. I got a chance with UB in 99 to go over and uh, speak at the Spanish Coaches Association. 
you know, I've probably been in 13 countries now or so speaking. And I just, again, as I was falling in love with international basketball, the globe was shrinking. Chuck's dream team, Paul Gasol, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, the young kids coming to college. And uh, when I went to ESPN in 2002 or three, um, the guy that hired me was still a very close friend. He came to me one day and he said, hey, I got a slot. If you want to be the international guy on a draft, I'll give it to you. I know you'll do your homework. Well, I go over to Europe. I go to Treviso. Yep. A fabulous place. And they have a Euro camp there. Well, the guy running the camp at the time played for me at Manhattan College, exactly. Pete Philo. Yep. And Pete worked for Donnie Nelson, and Donnie and I got to know each other. And they've got this camp, and I walk into the gym. ESPN had paid for me to go over, and he said, what are you doing here? Like, in a good way. I said, well, I'm covering the camp for the draft. He goes, no, 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 you're coaching. You're going to coach. You're not going to sit in the stands. So it, that started 12 years with Donnie and Kiki Vandaway and Pete and uh, Billy Baino, Dennis Lindsay. And I, I got to know every single kid in the draft. And I'm not just saying yeah. watch and play. I mean, get to know them. And they're still in the league. You know, Ibaka, Dragic, uh, you know, Batum, uh, uh, you know, Bogdanovich. They all were kids that were 18, 19, 20. Big Bobby. Uh, Marjanovic, our 7-3 giant friend in Dallas. And through that, I just became in love with international hoops. And I go through an airport today, and I'm not recognized very often. Trust me, Brendan, I'm not. But on occasion, someone will come up to me and go, man, who's hey, who's the next great foreign guy? Who's the next Doncic? And so, How about that? I, and by the way, I got a little secret for you. In March, Adam Sandler's movie's coming out called Hustle. Yeah. He plays a washed up nba scout and he, he discovers the next big thing in europe i can't give the whole plot away but yours truly plays himself as a draft analyst so i'm giving you a little Ooh. yeah so i can't wait for it to come out because uh I've, I've gotten connected with the idea of international hoops and i'm, I'm very proud of that. that is awesome hey yeah. now uh what would you say up to our young coaches whether it be high school college Uh, you know, you know, let's take the assistants first. How would you, uh, encourage them to learn and grow on their own? Because unfortunately, most head coaches are not going to develop them because they're focused on their own teams and recruiting, et cetera. How would you encourage them to learn on their own? What would you advise them? Well, first of all, I, I this is my wheelhouse because I have two sons in their 20s, sure. and I get these same questions, and so they, they, they fit. Uh, both of my sons have become very good networkers, and I don't mean like kissing people's asses. Um, I, I tell both of my sons that the guys that you've come up with in the G League or as video coordinators, guys you worked as camp counselors with that are also 25, 27, 28, you're going to know these guys for the next 30 years. Trust me, you know, the guys I, 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 uh, I met Tom Izzo when I was 21 years old. We were assistant coaches in division two. I was at New York tech with the great Sammy Stern and Ronnie Ganyuan. And Tom was at Northern Michigan. Some loudmouth, brash guy from Pittsburgh was my roommate at Dean Smith's basketball camp when we were college sophomores. He's turned out to be pretty good. John yep. Calipari. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these guys that you, and I say network, I mean, beat, develop friendships friendships that's a good word friendships is the word your network kind of has a negative connotation friendship but build a network of friendships and the other thing is like and, and i'll give you a great example I, I call my son matt uh and I, i'm using him as an example because other young it, folks because, and this. also that he's a harvard grad 
Well, that's had I had nothing to do with yeah, that. No, that I was know. his mom. Yes, that was his mom. I had nothing thank God, to do yeah. with that. Right. But like one Saturday morning about a month ago, well, he calls me Friday night. He goes, hey, Dad, I'm going down to D.C. tomorrow. I go, what are you doing? He goes, well, we're off, and I want to go watch Kim English practice. I want to go watch George Mason. And he and, you know, he and Kim have struck up a friendship. So he gets in the car and drives down 7 a.m. Saturday morning. He watches practice. Practice ends at 1, back in the car. Drives back to Philly, calls me on the way, and he's telling me about practice. And the point is, um, and what I used to tell him when he played at Harvard, because he, he didn't play a ton, right. is you go out before every game, 90 minutes before, when you're out there shooting and teams are out there, and go over to the other coaching staff and just introduce yourself. And, you know, he's gotten to be friendly with Kyle Smith, Coach Donahue, Joey Mahalik Jr., who's at Penn. And so it can't be phony, but the, the friendship network in coaching, especially among your peers, is going to be incredibly important in the rest of your career. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is very logical is, uh, and I would advise them to read this book, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Everybody's read it. Most people read it. And Carol Dweck, very simple. She's a professor of psychology or you know sociology and Basically, there's two kinds of people in this world, people with a fixed mindset that all they know is what they know. And then the growth mindset, guys like you and me who don't think they know everything. So we're constantly trying to we have that thirst for getting better. And that's what I would tell them. Always, always try to keep learning and evolving in your knowledge of the game. And That takes, you know, that takes time, but it's also takes passion you know you have to have the passion for the game to want to do that all the time and those two things i think will and, and have a work ethic you, you know this is not a job if you're in this game you're not working for a living this is a passion and so never feel like you're putting in the hours and that you know you should be making you know millions of dollars at 25 years old it doesn't work that way i hope i never have to work a day in my life i, I i'm with you right? completely 100 percent 100%. Man, you are absolutely the best. I'm going to, when you go and see uh, on Saturday, my friends and your friends, yep. Chris Beard and Mark Few, please say hello. I will. And I can't I wait till our next conversation so I can learn more from you. Vice versa, Brendan. You know me. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think you're learning as much from me as you're learning from all the people that I've learned from yeah. and vice versa. You know, when you give me the V drill, I'm, you know, that's pretty good right there. Uh, you know and that. by the way, and by the way, uh, I, I had to guard Vinny Johnson on occasion in high school in Brooklyn. Now, luckily for me, I didn't guard him because they had a five, seven point guard. So I was okay. But I played against Vinny in high school at FDR High School in Brooklyn, New York. Well, uh, Vinny is one of the favorite <laughs> players I've ever had. And this is a great yeah. story for kids and yeah. coaches to teach their kids. Vinny ended up not having the grades to get yeah. in, to get into a four-year school. Where did yep. he go to junior college? McLennan. McLennan. In Waco. In, in Waco, yep. Texas. Then went to Baylor. I believe yep. was the sixth pick in the draft. Uh, yes. To Seattle. Traded. Um, I believe for Greg Kelser, I might be wrong, uh, yeah. and then became the ultimate six-man in basketball, and even more impressive now, he's a multi-millionaire businessman. I've heard that. It's amazing. And, man, for uh, and, that is, and, and, and that's what yeah. I'm so proud of. And Brendan, for a kid from Brooklyn where he grew up, I know quite well, yeah. that's an amazing story because we were all, I don't want to say street kids, but... 
we gained an we gained an education in in a in a success incubator that he has certainly put to good use. I will say one more thing. There's a kid at Villanova. His name is Justin Moore. Played at the Matha. He's a junior now. He reminds me of Vinnie Johnson. Really? So when you watch Villanova, he's got a little fro. So it doesn't, I saw him the other day throw. against Mount St. Mary's. Yeah, I tell you what, he's got that power, Vinnie Johnson, post up game, shooting it. I, it's hard for me to tell people who Vinnie, how good Vinnie was, but Justin Moore reminds me of Vinnie a little bit. So when you keep your uh, eye on that, that is watching that is fantastic. Safe travels, my friend. You are Thank the you. very best, and uh, we, uh, coaching you, we're always indebted to you because you it's share and you teach. Thank, Thank you, you brother. Brendan. Always a pleasure to talk hoops. Fran, incredible. I love being with Fran. Every time we talk, I, I feel that we've just gotten so much better. And uh, I think you're going to hear in the coming weeks, we're going to, you know, hopefully uh, try to do some things that I think will add value to what we do at, at Coaching You. Uh, and Fran is the type of coach that we would love to have involved with us. So, again, uh, until next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir.